Around the Waffle is produced by Backchat Studios and lives on the Acast Creator Network. You can find the show's social channels by searching Around the Waffle or the Backchat podcast, Backchat double underscore. Yes, hello and welcome to all our West Australian football fans, whether you're listening wherever you get your podcasts or watching on the Backchat YouTube channel. Welcome to today's edition of Around the Waffle. We are on the verge of round four. It's going to be another big round of football. We can't wait to preview it all just for you here, thanks to Backchat. Paul Persick is my name. It's a great pleasure to have your company. And once again, joining me is Taylor Cowper. TC, big round ahead. Massive round ahead, Paul. Looking forward to going through it all with you today. And uh, we've got some big news today that we're going to dissect from the Waffle too. So looking forward to it. Yes, of course. Big news for two WAFL clubs and a coup for the league. So stay tuned for that. You can uh, like us on our socials. We've got Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter. Just search up Around the Waffle and uh, give us a big thumbs up. We really appreciate it. Now, let's get right into it, TC. Big news surrounding one of the big key mid-season draft prospects, Jack Buller. Mm. There's been a bit of a setback. He uh, limped off with a caught calf in the loss to Subiaco in round three. And could be missing from Sunday's game uh, against the Eagles. Yeah, huge loss uh, for Claremont. Obviously, we've we've spoken to him, I've spoken about him a couple of times this year. Four goals a couple of weeks ago. He only got the one, obviously through that injury last week. But twenty-one year old, we, we're looking at him. Uh, hopefully, getting drafted by one of the AFL teams halfway through the season. But uh, he's been averaging ten marks, so playing oh, yeah. really well in that forward line for Claremont. Eighteen touches and two goals a game. Just from a Claremont point of view, it's a massive loss heading into the next couple of rounds if he can't get up. But also for his prospects as well to become an AFL-listed player, obviously a, a tough one for him. There's been a lot of uh, reports that uh, the Eagles would be the most likely of the WA clubs that will pick Buller up. But there is a problem. There's not one spot on the list open at the moment, given that there are so many players that are going through injuries at yeah, the moment. Will he go and play for the Eagles waffle side? Possibly, yes, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, no, th- that's, the, that's the hard part with any AFL club is they've yeah. got to try and create room halfway through the season and he is a player throughout all of the state competitions that is being looked at at the moment and yeah massive massive loss of Claremont but hopefully for himself if he does want to follow that AFL dream and go up a little bit uh, higher in his AFL or football career hopefully he can get over this injury yeah 199 centimetres a calf injury for a player like that is it is a it is a it can be a hard injury to overcome so hopefully Hopefully he can come back out and he's in that state uh, side as well, the uh, extended side, which we're going to talk about soon as well. Um, so hopefully he can come back and he'll be ready to go. If uh, Buller has both WA teams slipping through their fingers, which of the 18 AFL clubs should have the foresight to have him on their radar? There are a lot of stacked forward lines in the AFL at the moment, but I reckon if the Dockers can uh, you know, give him a good solid pick in that mid-season draft, I reckon that'll bolster their forward line depth a little bit. Sorry, that was just my phone ringing there. It might have been a uh, someone in the waffle trying to get some news to me. It actually was, <laughs> so I sent him a quick text. Um, but th- there would be a few teams that would be looking after him. And, and, you know, forwards fall down all the time. I know one that he won't be, that won't be interested in him at all is probably Geelong. Their forward line's absolutely humming at the moment oh, in yeah. the AFL. But there will be a couple of teams looking at him. On the top of my head, the Eagles are obviously one. Fremantle could use a big, tall forward like that as well. They did struggle at... Uh, on the weekend against the Western Bulldogs. They, they struggled from the midfield to get the ball in, but then when they got there, there wasn't many targets presenting. So there's a couple of teams that we'd be looking at. With Buller, if Buller goes to the Dockers, then that's going to be a huge lift for their forward line. That'll have an additional target and that boost the scoreboard pressure, which which was what they lacked yeah. last Friday night against the Bulldogs. Now, speaking of that state team, 
Question is, who makes the 22 for the trip to Adelaide? <laughs> we reported on Tuesday that the state, the state squad was announced, 34-man squad. East Perth have got five players in the squad. West Perth and Claremont have 10 between them. Taj Schofield, 20 years old, among the youngest members of the state team. Sharks have Cam Eardley and Matty Jupp from East Fremantle. And Chad Pearson, who's in strong form at the Bulldogs. I'll say it now. As far as the 22 is concerned, your defensive half is almost set. I reckon if I was Cam Shepard and the selectors, mm. I'd be going with Cam Eardley, Matty Jupp, Tom North of East Perth, and Chad Pearson forming that key four. Four of the back six already set for West Australia. Well, I just want to say that the great thing is that East Perth have been re- rewarded with their strong start to the 2023 season. I'm glad you said about the East Fremantle players. I don't really want to talk about them too much, but I, I, I'd agree. I think that that forward line is uh, that back line, sorry, is set. I think if you're talking about the forward line, I, I think you can't go past Tyler Kaitel at the moment from. West Perth, you had another player that you thought Ben Sokol. Oh yes, of course as well. And do you do you chuck in a? Um, oh, I'm just looking down a list here. Um, who, who else would you chuck in there? Do you do you put also in there like you got Erdley from Eastern Mandel in there? Buller, obviously, he's the one that we were talking about before. I'd put him in. You'd put him in at the moment. I probably would too. I'd uh, put Buller and Kitchen in there. Maybe play a little bit of half forward, a little bit of midfield as well because Buller's versatility is so important for a state team that hasn't had much success in interstate games in four years. Yeah, totally agree. Do you put John Marsh in there as well? Is he yes. kind of half forward player too? Kytel, Sokol. Marsh. Those are your three key pillars up forward. What about in the middle? Who, who I think you've got to reward Milan Murdoch for his great oh, yeah. start to the season oh, yeah. too. No doubt. Uh, who, who, Eastland from Claremont, I'd be throwing him in there too. I'd throw him there. Maybe starting from the bench. Yep, maybe. definitely. You know, give give uh, a good midfield rotation. Um, I'd also put Hamish Brayshaw in. What a start the season. He's had Brayshaw yeah, from East Perth, yep. and Angus Schumacher as well. Yeah, great start to the season. and uh, Yeah, looking forward to seeing that one. Guys, we, we just, just saying before we started recording that we want to try and get Cam Shepard on before they head over to Adelaide. It'd be great to talk. Uh, he's. Um, I was just reading, they're training Monday nights at the moment. Yep. The team, they're getting together and doing some of that stuff and then they'll train twice a week, I believe, leading up to that game before they head over to Adelaide. But yeah, it'd be great to have Shepo on to have a chat with him about how he's preparing. I, I love looking at these state teams just because you get so many different characters from different teams. The best players from the best teams, usually, oh, yeah. and a lot of egos in that side sometimes. So it's interesting just to see how they mix it and uh, how the cohesion works. I reckon it'll blend in quite well because this is I a big so. challenge for them. And Friday night game at the Adelaide yeah. Oval against the best from South Australia, it's going to be a great encounter come May 19th. Can't wait for it. Now, another club in the waffle that could be boosted in the next couple of weeks is South Fremantle. Now, Matty Parker, we mentioned pre-season, he walked away from the club in February for personal reasons. Mm. Apparently he could be coming back and playing a couple of games in reserves, starting with the game on Saturday against Swan Districts, and he'd play another one in reserves, and if he's good enough, could be returning to the league's side. Also, what about Jake Florenka? He is also the second Bulldog in question to return against the Swans on Saturday. Well, Talking about Matt Parker, first of all, I don't think he's played a game of footy since their grand final lost in 2021, I believe. That is correct. So that'll be huge if he can come back, obviously play a couple of reserves games. If they need him, he can go into that league side as well if his fitness is there. Um, yeah, so that that will be a fascinating, but just a long time away from footy though. Yeah, he, he would seem underdone at first. I think that'll be the easy assumption to make, that Parker will go in there a little bit underdone, won't have as much impact as a lot of people, especially around Bulldog land, would slate. But, you know, just get the miles in, get to some match fitness in, and if he's good enough, you know, hopefully a berth in the league team. But and I, Jake Florenka, big addition. Talk- 
in the midfield as well. He had some depth in there. Hasn't played for a while. Obviously, he injured himself against West Coast last year. So hopefully, he can come back. They're, they're both much-needed players if their fitness is there and they're ready to go for that league side. Um, does Jake Lorenka come flat? Uh, sorry, Jake. <laughs> Jake Florenka, does he come straight back into the league side? I don't think so just yet. Get him some miles in reserves because I reckon what South Fremantle have got at the moment, after their win against Peel Thunder, they've got good depth at both ends of the ground and they've got some good young players that are raring to go and, uh, and keen to make a big statement and playing under the, under the Todd Curley system mm. that has worked so well over the last couple of weeks. And also, when you think about it, they're now starting from zero. Well, that's what I was going to say as well, Paul. They're, they're, it's not panic stations at the moment for South Fremantle. We thought they'd be in a lot worse position than what they are heading into this round. They're back to that level playing field. A lot of people didn't think they were going to be playing finals footy this year purely because of the eight points that they lost. I reckon there's a real chance that they'll be playing finals footy this year. I know that we've had our jokes <laughs> about this, Paul, but but I think they're, they're a real chance. They're in, and, they're in a round now. I'm looking forward to seeing South Fremantle play this season. I reckon Todd Curley and his boys will be saying, forget the first three rounds. They're starting from zero. Their season starts on Saturday. The match against the Swans is the real round one for them. 100%. And we'll get into our tips in this one. What a way to, if you're talking about starting this, I know it's round four, <laughs> but what a way to start your season um, proper. Get your first points for the year. Hopefully against Swan Districts, it's hard to travel to South Fremantle. But then you look at the other side of it, the Swans. They're struggling as well. Lost two at home, so they're going to be playing uh, hard footy as well because they've got to get the win this weekend. Too. Absolutely. It's going to be a big game for them on Saturday. Now, just before we get into our match previews, earlier this season, there was a rumour slated around the WAFL that some new sponsorship for the league could be coming in. We had uh, an episode with Tyson Beattie early on in the season, just before round two, and this is uh, what we discussed. Big trucks represented by Sullivan Logistics are making their way to Leaderville Oval. There's been reports that Leaderville could be set for a name change and the waffle could be in for a huge amount of sponsorship dollars yeah if this is true this is great work by the wa footy commission because it's been a long time coming trying to get a major sponsor uh since 2021 basically the last two years difficulties through COVID, all that sort of stuff but also for leaderville oval uh, this is a ground that has two teams playing at it so it has the most amount of content for the waffle throughout the year while there has been no word of a name change at Leaderville Oval just yet, it was confirmed by the WAFC that Sullivan Logistics will feature prominently as a major partner during the Waffle W and Waffle Final Series this year, including the Grand Finals, and also it will transition into full sponsorship from 2024. It's great. $500,000 deal over two years. I think it's great. I think I also read uh, that they want to give away a thousand footies. I think as well, which is great. Yeah. They they just want to see local footy. They want to travel throughout the regions as well. I think it's it's a massive and it's a it, it's a right it's the it's the right step in the right direction for this waffle footy commission at the moment. I, I, I they've struggled the last couple of years. Obviously, we heard Tyson Beatty talk about they haven't had a name of right sponsors in twenty twenty one. Yeah, coming out of the after effects from COVID exactly and all that, right. and having to recoup some of their financial losses, it's a huge step. And what really makes this deal so good is that it's local. Sullivan yeah. Logistics, local operator company, supporting local football and supporting the regions as well, which is great. I think it's fantastic. Great work to the Waffle. Great work to everyone behind the scenes getting this. It just adds legitimacy to the competition as well. When you see that there's a naming rights sponsor, it'd be good to see that naming rights happen for Leaderville Oval as well. But I think it's fantastic. Great work to everyone at the commission. And obviously, thank you, Sullivan Logistics too. Absolutely. They have been great operators, of course, since 1995. And a job well done to Sullivan Logistics and the WAFL. This is our round four preview. Tyler Cowper alongside Paul Persick.
Let's get into the matches, TC, and what a big round it is going to be. First off, we'll start off with East Fremantle and Perth at the WACA ground, an 11.40 morning start. Mm. So, uh, yeah, a bit bizarre Think that we have a league game in the morning. Yes, it's going to yeah. be on Channel 7, but uh, Perth, they are keen to get their first win of the season. But from a neutral fan's point of view, it's easier said than done against an East Fremantle side that are looking to really climb up the ladder with the side that they have got. And I know we don't talk much about the Colts, but it's just been confirmed as well that the Colts game's going to be on at quarter past five. Under lights. Which I think's great. So if, if you love footy, if you love getting along to the Wacker, especially, especially with, they've got the new lights up there as well. So check it out. I reckon that'll be a cracking game between uh, the two sides, East Fremantle and Perth in the Colts. So, and what a what an opportunity for the young players as well to play in the lights. I know they loved it. I know when I was playing footy, you love playing at night. It just adds something a little bit different. The, the thing that we forget is last time these two teams played at the Wacker, Perth actually won this game. So... I think I'm right in saying uh, No, that. it was last year. Was, last no, year, round 15. Yeah, no, that's so the last time these two teams played at the Wacker, uh, they won this game. So a win for the Sharks. It would be great if they can uh, if they can win this one. They'll go to the top of the ladder, of course. Mm. Um, yeah, really excited about this one. I think I'm going to get down to this one. 11.40 game at the Wacker. I'm expecting some big things from the Sharks. I've put the, put the pressure on them. They... That third quarter last week against the Eagles, they kind of took the foot off the pedal a little bit. I want to see him play really four strong quarters of footy. And from what I've heard as well, Bill, Bill Monaghan really wants that as well. So it's an opportunity to bounce back, get another win against uh, Perth, and hopefully sit on top of the ladder at the end of the uh, the waffle round. Now, and this is what's so good about East Fremantle as well. They're second in their disposal, second in their tackles as well. They lead the inside 50s, and they're in the top four for inside 50s per goal. That's all down to how effective their midfield is. When you look at the likes of Milan Murdoch, Luke English, Tom Joyce, and even uh, the ruck rotation as well, that's what I reckon is going to be a huge difference for East Fremantle in this game. But you've also got the input up forward. Cam Leg uh, yeah. Cody Leggett, yeah, I should Cody. say, who kicked five goals in that win over the Eagles. And you got Jonathan Marsh, who yeah. may have only kicked one goal, but he did seem a little underdone. But when he's back right. on form, he's going to he's going to really get the forward line firing. And obviously, it was Jono Marsh's first game for the year. So just get a get a bit of run in him as well. Um, we, we, we spoke on Tuesday on Anzac Day when we were reviewing last round. I said that uh, I found it interesting that Cam Erdley, I saw him at the game, but he didn't dropped. actually play. I've... Uh, <laughs> I don't think he was dropped. I think no. what's actually he had a wedding that he had to go to ah. beforehand, and he came to the game sometime during the game. So obviously missed the start of it as well. So nothing to worry about if you're East Fremantle supporter Cam Erdley. I think he'll probably be playing this weekend. He'll no play. injury concern at all. Yeah, he'll play. No yeah. doubt about that. Uh, on the Perth side, th this is. I'm not going to say it's panic stations for Perth. I mean, even though it's three rounds, I've had three big losses, with the exception of round one against Subiaco. I like the work of some of their younger players. Charlie Thompson, who's come over from Victoria, he's started well this season, and he's very effective by hand, shows good pace in midfield. Mm. I reckon he could be the one to get Perth up and running especially from the get-go. If they can keep that competitiveness they had in round one, I reckon he could be the cornerstone. I totally agree. The, the, the one area that is going to really show the difference in these two teams on the weekend, Paul, is that hit-outs for Perth, they're 10th in the competition at the moment. Their inside 50s are at nine. Mm. You're taking on a really, really strong midfield at the moment that is East Fremantle. So what, what that just shows me, Paul, is that Perth are struggling to get the ball to their midfielders, but when they do get it, because their disposals are so high, they're number three the moment for disposals in the competition. They're overusing it a little bit, and they're struggling to get the ball inside 50. When you've got great defenders like Jarp and also Erdley for Eastry Mantle that are playing, 
and especially when you've got such a great midfield as well. This is, I think, where Perth are going to be outdone on the weekend. That forward line, you're absolutely right. That forward line could be struggling against those two who are pillars in that East Fremantle defensive yeah. zone. If you try and take them on, nine times out of ten, you're going to lose. So East Fremantle, they could be in for a big win, but who knows? Anything can happen in WAFL exactly football. Right. Oscar Bird could possibly uh, get let off the leash and kick a bag. Corey Byrne, he can shift up the ground and uh, add some for, uh, forward presence to the demon side. It will be interesting to see how they go. A morning start, 11.40 at the WACA ground and, of course, live on Channel 7. Yes. Next game, Saturday, 1.40 at Leaderville Oval, East Perth and Peel Thunder. We've been umming, umming and ahhing about this game, uh, especially with uh, Peel Thunder, who are looking to bounce back, and especially with the reliance on Fremantle players, depending on who's going to be available mm. for the Saturday game. But East Perth, they're in form, but, you know... Is it going to be false hope for East Perth or are they going to keep going? Are they going to go four from four? Are we really seeing the true form of the Royals? I reckon we are. Who would have thought we'd see them on top of the ladder? Well, and I reckon our East Perth fans are very happy at the moment. It's the first time they've been on top of the ladder since round 23, 2014. So a very almost 10 years ago. Last time they made the grand final. Exactly right. Started the season 3-0. Fantastic start to them. Uh, that's the best start they've had since that year as well in 2014. And only third time since 1976 that they've done that as well. So great start for them. Uh, Peel are playing extremely well as well. Obviously, like you said, Paul, it's a, a bit dependent on who they have from the AFL-listed side in the Dockers. Uh, this, I reckon, is the game of the round uh, in terms of hard-to-tip games. Yeah. So East Perth, they are in form, but the Peel, they're, they're hard to pick uh, who's going to win. They're especially because. Side. Well, especially because you just you don't know who's going to be there from week to week. You don't know what the Fremantle Dockers are doing as well. So, uh, Leaderville over 140 this game. It's going to be an absolute cracker. It's a hard one to tip. I reckon this one is the one that's going to stump a few people this weekend. Right down to the wire, you'd yeah. think. It'll be a great game over there, make no mistake about that. I have to say, one player who I'm putting under the spotlight for a huge game is Sebek Kowek. Yep. I mean, I touted him last year as to be a key Dockers forward that could lift the burden on some of those forwards that either have left the club or are out of form. Only had nine touches against South Fremantle, but he's a much better player than that. He's strong on the lead, good mark, and a well-balanced kick too for a, for a player at his height playing up forward. He's got to have a big game against a very strong East Perth backline, mm. and the player to take him on will be Tom North. Yeah, and Tom North had a great start to the season for East Perth. So those two going, that's definitely the the the, uh, the matchup that is going to be exciting for this game. But I agree, if uh, he he is a player for Peel, that it should be putting a bit of pressure on some of these AFL players from from Fremantle. If he wants to get a game, he's going to have to have a really really strong performance this weekend against that strong uh, that strong backline from uh, East Perth. And he would need some backup Sebek Kuwek from the likes of Blair Bell, who 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 may be a small forward but has got added pace. I mean, that, these are two very different players. Kuwek, you know, big forward, mm. good kick at goal. Blair Bell has got a little bit more pace but can provide that forward backup for Kuwek. Definitely. I reckon for me, so I'm going to go to the, this, I'll tell you how my Saturday is going to be planned. I'm going to go to, to the Wacker first, watch a bit of that game, probably leave it three quarter time, then head over to Leaderville Oval. Perfect day to watch a fitty, you know what it is, it's oh, a yeah. win-win. Win-win, win-win <laughs> waffle. And you talked about East Perth off the air and, and just now with Tom North having a great start to the season. For Peel, I reckon it's how to combat how East Perth get the ball out of the centre clearance because you've got Angus Scott, who's in prime form, Angus Schumacher, Mitch Crowden, Christian Amadjuri, and also Scott Jones in prime form after three rounds. Well, the great thing for Peel, though, is their pressure is immense oh, this yeah. year. So they're number one in the competition at the moment in tackles. So, yeah, 
if there's anyone that's able to combat that from East Perth at the moment, I reckon it's Peel. Peel, their pressure's huge. They're number one in tackles at the moment. So it is going to be a cracking game. The only thing that concerns me a little bit is the midfield for Peel's not delivering the ball inside 50 as, as, as much as they would like. I know they're seventh in the competition at the moment. So, yeah, the, the pressure's there. Hopefully they can convert that into getting the ball forward a little bit more for some of their forwards. You talk about East, East Perth and Peel Thunder being one of the matches of the round. I reckon West Perth and Subiaco <laughs> at Joondalup would lay a claim to that. This one's going to be a beauty. West Perth and Subi, both 2-1. and one. Subi getting back in to form after a strong win uh, over Claremont at Leaderville Oval. West Perth, of course, having a great win as well against Swan Districts, coming from behind at quarter time, slowly reeling the Swannies in to win by seven points. This one could be an early finals rehearsal. I reckon you're probably right there, Paul. Uh, West Perth, they're playing extremely good footy at the moment. Uh, Number one in disposals, number one in marks at the moment, which just tells me they're using the ball effectively. And they're they're just making sure whenever they've got it, they're using it right. Inside 50 is their number two at the moment. And kick to handball ratios in the competition, they're number two at the moment in that stat too. So they're using the ball extremely well, West Perth. Taking on this uh, Subiaco side, is it's going to be an absolute cracker game. Oh, yeah. Subiaco playing great footy as well. We spoke about it quite a few times this year, Paul. Zach Clark is playing a, a blinder start to the season for Subiaco, averaging over 40 hit-outs for his um, Subiaco side. They're getting first use of the footy. That, I think, is going to be the key. Uh, in this game. That midfield battle. Them getting first use of the footy, uh, Subiaco. Let's take a look at some of their stats. Like like I said, hit-outs, they're number two at the moment, led by Zach Clark. He's playing fantastically well footy. Um, tackles, they're ninth in the competition as well, but they're getting first use of the footy. That's where a lot of those tackles that happen. That may be the only concern yeah. I'd have for Subiaco, that low ranking in the tackles, and especially when you look at West Perth's tackling game as well that goes back to the grand final. They out-tackled Claremont by some 30, and if they get into form, if they out-tackle Subiaco, in this game, that's going to spell trouble for the Lions. Having said that, their forward line, it's been a bit up and down for West Perth early on. You've seen key forwards drop off in form up forward and then suddenly get back into it like Kaitel and Murray on Sunday against Swan Districts where they kicked uh, five goals apiece. Uh, It's going to be interesting to see how that forward line gels against what is a strong Subiaco back line and I reckon the player that could shut them down, we saw him in great form against Claremont, Colton Tholstrup. I agree, but I, I, I will say the one area I do agree, disagree with what you said is the tackling doesn't really concern me too much about these two sides because when you're winning footy and when you're, you're win, winning the disposal counts, which these two sides have been winning the last three rounds too, doesn't concern me that much because they've got the footy. They're not chasing it down as much. So uh, it'll be interesting to see who does win the tackle count in this game, but... When you are winning footy, the tackle counts less. So uh, I think this is a cracker. Obviously, the game of the round in terms of hards to tip, we're talking about that game at Leaderville Oval and this one too. I reckon this is probably one of the best rounds of footy we've had so far in the waffle in terms of key matchups. And we're only a quarter of a way exactly. through the season. Now. It just doesn't get any better than that. Yeah. So this will be a great game up at Pennanet Stadium. Will they have a massacre at Joondalup again? Probably not no, against... No um, way. No probably way not against, against Subiaco. But yeah, West Perth have had a great start to the season and so too have Subiaco. So this will be a cracker game. Make what sure about, you watch it on the AFL app. Absolutely. And this one coming up as well. Fremantle Oval on Saturday afternoon, 2.10, South Fremantle and Swan Districts. Now, I don't usually use this, but to quote the great Lionel Richie, the Swans have been <laughs> once, twice, three times a heartbroken. They're looking to eradicate that against South Fremantle, who are starting from zero. Yeah, so the other thing that the other massive factor in this game is that Swans have lost the last two, which were 
were winnable games to them at the start of the season. They would have penciled those wins. At home. Not as a win. They wouldn't have put it in uh, with the whiteboard marker straight away. But <laughs> they were winnable games to them. Two losses at home. That's huge for us, our, us the Swan Districts. To take on South Fremantle, who are hungry, who are humming along at the moment, who, like you've said, they're starting their season this year where they can get points proper. This is another huge game. The three the three that we've just gone through are massive, but this one, as a standalone, is huge as well. 2.10 at Fremantle Oval on Saturday, the traditional time slot. Swan Districts, like I said, they've been struggling, but South Fremantle, they are humming along, and if they get some of those players back in the next couple of weeks... Watch out for the that, watch out for the dogs. They'll yeah. be a force, the Bulldogs, and uh, over there at the kennel, they'll be humming with confidence. Uh, another fact of this game, which I found very interesting, of the last twenty-seven games Swan Districts have played, they're twelve and fifteen, with fourteen of those decided by less than ten points. Wow! In those fourteen, Swans have won four and lost ten. Yeah, wow! So that that is a huge stat in this game. Uh, they they especially because the, these two sides in the last five or six years have been. Very successful. Mm-hmm. South Fremantle have made the grand final. Uh, Swan Districts, they've been a great side for the last 10 years or so. So, yeah, c- great game. If we're just looking at some of the uh, the stats of this one, disposals, they rank number five, South Fremantle. In this one, marks number five, tackles. They're pretty... Uh, they're, they're, the pressure's there. It's what we've wanted to see in some of these games. The pressure was immense against Peel Thunder last weekend at Fremantle Oval too. And uh, on, on the other side, Swan Districts disposals number nine. They haven't used the footy that well, and that goes to show the two losses that they had at home as well. Especially that, that one last Sunday. I mean, with the way they started at quarter time, uh, after quarter time, before quarter time, I should say, getting first use of the footy and converting inside 50, 4-2 to 1-2, mm. how they didn't get on with the business, especially when you look at the inside 50s that tell the story, 38-51 to well, against them. And the tackles, they're, they're number three at the moment in tackles, Swan Districts as well, but that just shows me that they're chasing the footy a lot. So this... <laughs> I keep saying it, but this is a this is a massive round of footy, oh, and yeah. it's really really hard to pick. And I know we're going to go through our, our, our tips very very soon, but this is another cracking game. Oh, I can't wait for this one. I'm going to be at this one on the call on the AFL app. Uh, really, uh, absolutely pumping with excitement yeah, nice. for this one. It is going to be a beauty. And then the final game of the round, 12:40 at Revo Fitness Stadium. It is Claremont and the West Coast Eagles. We mentioned Jack Buller. He could be a big out for Claremont with that cork calf. But I still think Claremont, they'll be too good for West Coast because of their depth all around the ground. I mean, along with West Perth and, and at this point, Subiaco and East Perth among the strongest sides in the competition. Any uh, any big-ins for the Eagles this weekend that we know of? If it's Will Schofield again, then I'm possibly going to you know, you lose got, it. Who would have thought? Got any news over there? <laughs> I think he's uh, still... Still recovering or deciding? <laughs> Maybe recovering as well. He did kick a goal, who would have thought? And and uh, I don't know, but the, there was a video that was on the Backchat podcast, and I get because you filmed it, I reckon. Yeah. Um, the one where he was just a bit lippy against some of the uh, the Eastern Mountain supporters. <laughs> I, th- I thought that was great. Yeah, he uh, was copying it from while he's in the goal square from a very, you know, the passionate East Frio fans and uh, managed to capture that. He To kick a goal just after um, you're copying it from, oh, from definitely. the fans, it's just poetry. It was great. Oh, yeah. And uh, go check that on. Uh, it's on the Backchat social media. So go, go check them out. But yeah, Claremont, I, I'm loving these Sunday games. I think they're great, especially Leaderville's a little bit too hard to get out to sometimes. But Claremont Oval, go get some lunch over at the Claremont Quarter, walk over, see some great footy. It is awful. A lot good. of West Coast Eagles supporters live out in that Claremont way. So accept <laughs> them to get over for that. But yeah, this, this will be a huge game. Uh, West Coast become the first team since Peel Thunder in 2010 
to lose consecutive games by more than 100 points. And I reckon this is going to be the third week in the row. I'm that's afraid so. So, yeah, Claremont, they're a very, very strong side. There's not much to say about this game other than that. I just think it's going to be a bit of a clinic for Claremont. Well, of course, they've won seven in a row, Claremont, now against the West Coast Eagles. And given the opposition that they have in front of them, I expect a lot of the players, eight to ten players who were down against Subiaco last week, to get back into winning form given the opposition. Especially, you know, you talk about the likes of Bailey Rogers, who had a dud day yeah. against Subi, only had uh, 13 disposals. Dry Bolton was shut down by Tholstrup, and he copped one right in the midriff. I saw that at Leaderville Oval, and uh, he was not looking well on the bench. But uh, if he's, if you know, if he fires up and gets those early possessions and those centre clearances, he's going to be hard to stop, as he always is. But I like the work of uh, Tia Miles, number yes. six for Claremont. He has been the biggest, impre- the biggest improver as far as uh, Claremont uh, has been concerned. The one thing to look out for with this game is it's just going to be pure class from Claremont. Oh, yeah. They use the ball so efficiently and they use the ball so well. It will be a great game to see. Like they're, they're ranked number 10, Paul, in disposals in the waffle competition at the moment. That just says to me that they use the ball so well. They, the, they the don't ranking. Yeah, they're, they're doing a great job. Mark's number 10 as well. They're, they're, they're a great side. I'm expecting them, obviously, to be in the finals come the end of the season. But this is going to be a clinic from them on the weekend. And and I think that's the... That's, well, you, I don't think anyone other than Tyson Beattie is going to be tipping the Eagles to win this one. <laughs> but I think the thing is as well, this is unfortunately going to be three in a row, over 100 points for, for the West Coast Eagles. And there was another key point that you made. The tackles, Claremont, are also ranked number 10. Yeah. But it may be not a bad thing because they use the ball so well, Claremont, from defence through midfield into attack. They're a, yeah. they're a good coast-to-coast side yeah. as well. When they've got the ball locked in defence, they find ways to get out of that congestion inside 50 and just free flow it in and towards they, attack. they use the hand ball so well. Oh yeah. Claremont. They, they just know how to, without overusing the handball, they know how to get out of trouble just with two or three hand hand passes and, and they're, they're, they're going. Alright, this is our round four preview. Taylor Cowper and Paul Persick on Around the Waffle. Thanks to Backchat. Okay, TC, tipping yep. time. And yes, you didn't hear the end of it this week. I got a couple on you and only one behind. You had a ham week last week. I'll be week. honest. I'm glad that I had those uh, those other experts helping me out with the first <laughs> couple of rounds. But yeah, not, you're not far behind now. So let's see how we go this weekend. Okay, first up, East Fremantle and Perth at the WACA ground. East Fremantle for me. Perth are going to struggle a little bit in this game. Just uh, underdone. A lot of the players, they, they, they just need to get... But the midfield for East Fremantle was just humming along at the moment and that back line as well from uh, East Fremantle with Jupp and Erdley leading the way there. They're going to be too strong for, for the Perth forwards and, and also John O'Marsh, he loves the Wacker. Mm. He loves playing footy there. Kicked a couple of bags there last year. First game at the Wacker as well for, for East Fremantle. We've turned into a little bit of a mini fortress for them. Looking forward to this one, 11.40. If you can't get along, of course, you can catch it on the screens of seven. But, yeah, going to be a great game. Yeah, absolutely. East Fremantle for me as well, maybe by about seven goals. Yep. Uh, Perth will show glimpses, I will say. They've got good young players in there. Charlie Thompson I've been very impressed with. But, like I said, everything about East Fremantle, their brand and how their depth is presented at both ends of the ground is going to be the difference for yep. East Fremantle. East Perth and Peel Thunder. This is the one of three games yeah. we've been umming and ahhing throughout the week. Yeah, and I gave you my tips before we came on air, and I reckon I might be changing some of them as we go <laughs> along. Uh, in this one, I just think at Leaderville Oval, 
Peel are a great side, but I just think at Leaderville Oval, the only thing that's really swaying me is, is East Perth. And also, just that, there's also a level of uncertainty sometimes around Peel, just not knowing who's coming in and who's coming out from an AFL point of view. So, in this game, it's going to be East Perth for me. East Perth for me as well, by about a couple of goals. It'll uh, really go down to the wire, but I think East Perth will just break away when it mattered. Subiaco and West Perth, Pentanet <laughs> Stadium in Joondalup. This one's another beauty. Now, this one I'm surprised about when you sent your tips through yesterday. Uh, am I surprised or not? We'll talk about that in a second. But for me, uh, Pentanet Stadium, West Perth are a great side. They know how to play really great footy there. They're a great side. Tyler Keitel, obviously, last time he played there, got a bag of 10. Are we going to see that again this weekend? Probably not against a really strong Subiaco. But for me in this game, Pentanet Stadium, going up there, 2-10 this Saturday, West Perth for me. I'm saying the other way. I'm going Subiaco. I'm surprised about that, I'll be honest. Well, you shouldn't be. I mean, when you look at the midfield... That no, I'm got, surprised and because I know if I cut you right now, I know that blue and red's going to come out. Oh, is that <laughs> right? Well, not really. The only thing that is going to be coming out is red. <laughs> Turn it up, TC. But no, I'm, go- I'm going with Subiaco, not just with uh, Zach Clark providing such a big influence in midfield, but when you've got players potentially coming back, Gyro may not be back this week. Stefan Gyro yep. had an injury. But you look at Snadden and Lee Kitchen possibly returning. That adds more depth it into does, that midfield. It? And when you've got Sokol up forward, if he gets off the leash early, he'll be kicking a bag. But also, if Tholstrup shuts down Kaitel, that's going to be a huge battle. But when you look at the likes of Angus Duar providing such such great depth in defence, if he can put the uh, if he can put curtains on Murray as well, and Keegan and Keegan not if he somehow is selected despite the ankle injury, I reckon it'll prove too much for West Perth on this occasion. So Subiaco for me. And I reckon if this game was at Leaderville Oval, I would probably be tipping the other way. But purely just they're two great sides. I'm just literally tipping West Perth because it's at home. Oh, it'll be an interesting game yeah. uh, over there at two ten. Can't wait. So will. South Fremantle and Swan Districts over at Fremantle Oval. This one's harder to pick than a broken nose, TC. It's now, a ripper game. I told you who I'm picking before this, uh, who I'm tipping before we came on air here. I'm changing it right now. Uh, and the only reason I'm doing that is from, purely from a tipping point of view because I really want to beat you. I want to get a couple <laughs> of games clear. I know who you're tipping. South Fremantle are going to be tough at home, of course. Uh, they're a great side. They've got a lot to play for. They've got a lot of footy to catch up on in terms of just points on that ladder. The only reason I'm tipping this is because I still reckon Swan Districts are a great side. They've got great personnel in there. They can play really great footy when they're humming. Swan Districts is who I'm going to tip in this game. Two losses at home. They're going to be coming out firing this Saturday, I reckon, at 2.10 at Fremantle Oval. And that's the reason why I'm going for Swans this weekend. I'm not going to question that call whatsoever. You're absolutely spot on there. They'll be spewing after that loss on Sunday. They've got a great side. Turner, established star in midfield. You've got McLaughlin, who made his debut last week. He was rock solid. You've got a great forward line, but it is very tough to beat South Fremantle yep. at home, and they're starting to really uh, hum along yep. uh, after getting uh, back on level pl- on level terms after round three. South Fremantle for me by so, a goal. So my head says South, but I'm just going with my heart this You're time. Going I think with the your Swans heart. are going to get up. Well, I'm going with both <laughs> my heart and my head. That says uh, South Fremantle. <laughs> Finally, Claremont and the West Coast Eagles on Sunday afternoon. Yeah, great time slot this one, 12.40. Go get some lunch, do all that kind of stuff. Uh, Claremont are going to be way too good against uh, against West Coast Eagles in this one. First team for a long time to win two 
by, by more than, uh, sorry, to lose two games by more than 100, the West Coast Seagulls, and unfortunately, we're going to see it again this weekend. Claremont are just going to be way too good at home, yeah. and we don't know if Will Scofield's playing. We're looking over the boys. He hasn't made his mind up yet 50-50. as we speak at uh, 10.30 on Thursday morning, uh, but yeah, I think uh, Claremont are just going to be too good in this game. Yeah, Claremont for me by about 100 points again, I'd have to say. Triple yeah, figures it'll be. I think so too. Yeah, and uh, I'll say this is what if Jack Buller does play, if he overcomes that cork calf, he'll kick a bag. I mean, watch out for him. If he's turned loose, then he is going to be unstoppable. Especially against an undermanned Eagle side at the moment that aren't performing really well. Yeah, uh, hopefully he can get up and play. That's the first thing. And if he does, I'd love to see that too. Big round of footy. Yeah, Can't wait for round. it. What, what, uh, out, coming out of round four, I'm going to put you on the hot seat here. What's going to be the big story coming out of round four? We're going to be a quarter of a way through the season now as we head into round five and on the verge of the state game. What do you yeah. think is going to be the big story, the big headline after the first four rounds? I think the big headline's going to be that the, the Swans obviously win at Fremantle Oval. <laughs> no, just kidding. I th- un- unfortunately, I think the story that's going to dominate footy next week is going to be uh, what it has the last two weeks. Mainstream media is going to grab it. It's going to be how can we help the West Coast Eagles out at the moment? Yeah, I think so. And, and that's the disappointing thing about it, you know, with a lot of mainstream media outlets obviously having a lot of coverage on the West Coast Eagles, even on the pages of the wa- uh, where the waffle is being written as well mm. in, in papers that uh, go around West Australia. There's, it's much more than just one club. The waffle is much more than just one club, in, uh, and that's what it should be in the eyes of the mainstream media. Give all the 10 clubs the equal attention that it deserves, uh, not just the one. Yeah, I, I do agree. But that's our job to make sure that we're telling people about how the, all these other teams are doing. What mainstream media needs to do, and I'm glad that they are, is just promote the game. They've got to find the story within the game. Yeah. I know that. You know that from working in media. I've worked at the biggest media organisation in Western Australia, and that's what it is. It's about the story last week, and it was Will Schofield and the Eagles. Unfortunately, I think that's going to continue, whether Will plays or not. I just think that Eagles brand is too big. People love the West Coast Eagles, and I just think if they lose three in a row of 100, it's just going to dominate the landscape again. Yeah, well, it'll be interesting to see how it all pans out on Sunday. Yeah. when they take on Claremont, as will the big games on Saturday. Can't wait. I'll see you on Tuesday, TC. See you then, Paul. Thanks. Thanks to our listeners and all our viewers here on Back Chat. This has been Around the Waffle. Don't forget, on Tuesday, we will review the rounds action, including those three big games that will take place on Saturday. Make sure you get down to a Waffle game and support your team. If you're not able to make it to the ground, you can check it out on the screens of Seven, that is East Fremantle and Perth, or on the AFL app as well. It's going to be a rip around. We look forward to your company on Tuesday when we review Round 4. We'll see you next time around the waffle is produced by Backchat studios and lives on the acast creator network you can find the show's social channels by searching around the waffle or the Backchat podcast Backchat double underscore